If you have a copy of God's Word, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. I'd like to take a few moments to speak to you on a two-word title. Now, there's a few more words to the message than two words. But the title is two words, and the words are almost persuaded. Almost persuaded. Acts chapter number 26, and we're going to begin reading the Bible in verse number 24. Acts 26, verse 24. If you'll just follow along, I'll read it here. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up, and the governor, and Bernice, they that sat with him. The theme of the hour is in verse number 28, where the king of the day, whose name was Agrippa, tells the Apostle Paul, almost, almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I'd like to pray and then speak to you for a few moments about this thought of almost persuaded. Heavenly Father, this is an amazing group that has assembled here tonight. Uh, Truly a blessing. So thankful to meet many new people for the very first time. So thankful to see our Anchor Baptist Church family here tonight. Um, We've been praying for this one service and really working and diligently for you specifically for well over a month. And we just want to praise you and thank you for the beautiful music from the children, the beautiful Uh, instrument playing from the adults and children, young people, teenagers, and um, the the laborers of Anchor Baptist Church, those that are even laboring now. Lord, I pray that in this environment tonight, we would be able especially to understand the severity of the king saying, almost. And I pray that there wouldn't be anyone here 
who would leave almost a Christian. But that everyone would leave here knowing Christ is Savior. That's nothing I can do. I can't persuade anybody. So please empty me of myself. Fill me with your spirit. Please hide me behind the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. In this passage of Scripture, there are three main characters that we see, quickly just giving you them. We read all three names just a moment ago. The first name that we read was Festus. Festus is someone who we could really say tonight would represent someone who uh, was antagonistic toward the message. I mean, he went so far as to say that Paul was crazy. When he was saying that Paul was mad, he wasn't saying that Paul was upset. He was saying that Paul was, you know, a little bit loony in the head. Much learning doth make me mad. Paul, you're, you're, you've, been, you've been doing too much of this study. You've been doing too much of this missionary work and all of that. Much learning doth make me mad. He accused him of that. And so that's Festus. And then we see, of course, we see Paul. We see Paul, who is in prison, by the way. As you notice that in our text, in verse number 29, he said that I would, would that everyone would be just like me, except these bonds. And so Paul was in prison for being a, uh, being a proclaimer of the gospel. He didn't have the freedom that we have today to proclaim the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he was someone who honored the Lord. Festus is someone who I, I believe really there was more of a hate toward the things of the, of the Lord and of the gospel. And Paul is someone who honored the Lord. And then the third individual that we see in our text is the man King Agrippa. King Agrippa is there. He's not the only one there. His wife is also there. But he is someone who, uh, in my estimation, represents someone who is holding out on the Lord. So someone who is honoring the Lord, Paul, someone who is really, to me, hating the things of the Lord, Festus, and then someone who was, I guess, somewhere in between, he was someone who was holding out on the Lord. That would be King Agrippa. He says, almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. He says, uh, you know, almost, I believe what you say. And, and by the way, I, I don't want anyone necessarily here tonight to, to, to say, well, I believe what that pastor says up there. No, we need to believe what God's Word says. I'm not here to persuade you to believe what I have to say, but I do believe this is the Word of God. I do believe that the authority, that if anybody has any authority, it's not in being a Baptist, but it's being a Bible believer. And so tonight, we have a message from God's Word that is thousands of years old that's just as important as it was when Paul was trying to give it here to the king, King Agrippa. Hold your place there in Acts chapter 26, and I want to read to you a verse, or, or just listen as I read this verse. John chapter 20 and verse 31. The Gospel of John chapter 20 and verse 31 says, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. There could be people here tonight that somewhere along, you're in one of those categories. Uh, you are someone 
possibly, I hope, I hope we don't have any Festus here tonight, but it's possible. But I want you to know that if that's you, I want you to know God loves you. Regardless of how you feel about God, God loves you. And then I believe we have uh, maybe many here tonight that are like the Apostle Paul. Oh, we're not saying we're the Apostle Paul, but we do. We want to honor God. We want to honor God in some way with our life. But I wonder if there might be a segment of this congregation tonight that would, would, would be like the king. Oh, you're not, you're not necessarily hating the things of God, but you're, you're not necessarily honoring the things of God, but possibly you're somewhere in the middle there that you would be, we would say that you're, you're holding out. You might say that you're almost a Christian. I'd like to give you quickly three things tonight from this thought in this text. Number one is almost persuaded and the truth. Almost persuaded and the truth. What was Paul telling the king? Paul was not telling the king anything that Paul had come up with. Notice, if you will, in verse number 26, for the Bible says at the end of verse number 26, Acts 8, 26, it says that he said to the king, for this thing was not done in a corner. He said, king, what I'm telling you, you know about this. You've heard about this. This isn't something that was done in secret. This isn't something that was done uh, out, of, out of the eyes of the people. This is something that was done uh, with everyone seeing it. He said there in verse 22, if you skip up to verse 22, Paul said, having therefore obtained help of God. By the way, I want you to know something tonight. I'm, I'm a man who needs God's help. If you, could listen, if you could listen and not talk, that would be great. I'm a man who needs God's help. I don't have anything figured out without God's help. And Paul said here in verse number 22, having therefore obtained help of God. Well, that's encouraging to me. If you're a believer here tonight, if you're a Christian here tonight, that ought to be encouraging to you that God is here to help you. And by the way, if you're not a Christian, God loves you and wants to help you. But you've got to let Him. And then He says, witnessing both to the small and great, saying none other things than those which the what? Prophets. Are you there? If you have a Bible and you're from Anchor Baptist Church and you're with me, help talk to me, all right? Which the what? Prophets. Who are the prophets? The prophets are the men in the Old Testament who have written the Word of God. Paul doesn't have Acts 26. He's living Acts 26. Paul doesn't have the Gospel. But Paul has the prophets. And he says, what I'm telling you, the prophets have foretold. And then he said, not only the prophets, but notice that he said, and Moses. He said, look, King Agrippa, what I'm telling you is not something that I just sit down and I'm writing. This is something that the prophets of old have handed down. And tonight we have a, a, a portion of our Bible called the Old Testament. And it's a valuable part of the Word of God, by the way. And he said, I'm just telling you what the prophets have been telling for thousands of years. And so we have the testimony of the Scriptures. Tonight I have the Word of God, and this book is designed to reveal the glory of God. Again, this is the only book God has ever written. 
it's, a, it's a, a book that's alive. It's a book that is ahead of tomorrow morning's newspaper. It's a book that, that uh, is a, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's a book that can provide you with the way to heaven when you die. It's a book that can provide you uh, with the strength that you need to live your life here on this old world. You know, this old world that we live in, in, in many ways, it's a mess. But I'm so thankful that I have the Word of God. Because the Word of God gives peace that passes all understanding. So we have the testimony of Scripture. Paul said, King, I just want you to know, I'm not telling you something that I've made up. I'm telling you what the prophets have recorded. Not only that, as we think about God's Word, God's Word said of itself in James 1 that it is a mirror. It shines light on mankind's sin. The Bible says of itself that it is sharper than a two-edged sword. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says of itself that it's like a hammer. In Jeremiah chapter 23, a hammer that can crush the hardest of hearts. The Bible says of itself that it is a fire. It can cause the coldest heart, I'm sure like mine has been before. How about you? It can cause the coldest heart to burn for the glory of God. In fact, I want you to turn over, if you have a Bible with you tonight, if you don't, please listen carefully. You are listening, and I, I know it, it's warm, and, and I'm, I'm being respectful of your time, but I really want to, to give you this truth. Romans 10, 17 Romans 10, 17, we have the testimony of the Scriptures. The testimony of the Scriptures. Almost persuaded and the truth. The testimony of the Scriptures. Notice it says in Romans 10, 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Acts 16.31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You know what I like in this text? Acts chapter 26. It's really interesting what Paul says. And as I said earlier, Paul is in prison. But listen to what he said in Acts 26 verse 2. He said, I think myself happy. That doesn't make sense, does it? Logically, how could someone who is in prison for preaching the Word of God say, I think I'm pretty happy? Because you know, joy is not, joy is not taken away by circumstances. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is not taken away because I have a physical ailment that comes into my life unexpectedly or expectedly. Joy isn't taken away if I lose my job or if I have a financial need. Joy isn't taken away if something happens to my automobile or whatever. That's not joy. Joy cannot be taken away by circumstances. And Paul is saying, you know, I'm in prison. This is not what I envisioned it to be, but I think myself happy. 
he tells Agrippa that he is a happy individual and that his whole life was changed. You see, this man, Paul, if you've not read about him, this man, Paul, thought he was doing God a service by taking Christians and putting them in prison. This man, Paul, thought he was doing God a service by not only putting them in prison, but by killing them. Which we know that today, even now, persecution of believers is going on around the world. And yet Paul says, I think myself happy. That's because Paul recognized what God had done for him. And if, if you're a believer here tonight and you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you might not have everything that you think you should have in your life, but let's not overlook the fact that, that, that heaven is our eternal home, that the peace of God passeth all understanding and can keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is the testimony of the Scripture. Every day I get up and, and I'm thankful that I can get up. And every day I get up and uh, thank God, hey, I got up, praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, I have a routine. Probably you have a morning routine. Figure out what time it is, right? I get that coffee going pretty quick. I get those beans out. I grind those beans. People upstairs will wonder, man, what's that guy doing grinding beans this early in the morning? Get those beans grinding, get that pot of coffee going. Get the Bible. Get my pen. My, get my laptop. Get some typing. Because every day, I need the testimony. Every day, I need to hear from God. Do you hear from God? Yes, I do. Oh, I don't hear Him necessarily out loud, but I hear Him pretty loud and clear through the testimony of the Scriptures, the testimony of His Spirit that's inside of me. And so, we see the testimony of the Scriptures. The Apostle Paul said, I'm giving the Scriptures. So, number one, and we must move on. Number one, we have almost persuaded in the truth. Number two, almost persuaded and the traps. The trap. Now, Agrippa's heart, no doubt, Agrippa's heart was stirred. Because he even said, almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. But Agrippa had a life that he was living that was not the most, let's say, moral life. He wasn't living a moral life at all. In fact, the woman that he was married to is actually his sister. They are living in an immoral relationship. And so, possibly, sin was a trap in his life. And I'm here to tell you tonight that sin is a trap. Sin offers so much happiness. I think myself happy. Remember what Paul said? Sin will say, hey, we can, bring, we can give you some happiness. We can give you a little bit of joy. We can give you a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And I'm here to tell you that sin's pleasure is only for a season, the Bible says. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy tonight who's saying, you know what, as soon as that guy would just sit down and be quiet, you can go down there and get a meal, you can go home, and uh, it's all over, you don't have to worry about it. If, the God, if God is tugging at your heart tonight, and he's saying, you know what, you need, you need Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You've never trusted Christ as Savior. That's because God loves you and he's tugging on your heart. And he's saying, why don't you turn to my Savior tonight? Why don't you turn to Jesus tonight? Sin offers you nothing, but Jesus offers you everything. Now, I don't have everything of this world's goods. 
this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Oh, the angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I'm telling you right now, I can't feel much at home in this world anymore. How about you? I'm looking forward to the trumpets. We had a trumpet here tonight. I was hoping that was the one. Amen? <laughs> a little different maybe than the one in the Bible, but I'm looking forward to that trumpet sounding. I'm looking forward to the Lord Jesus returning in the clouds. Are you ready for that day? But sin is a trap. Do you know what else is a trap? Self is a trap. Self. Now, I've said this many times in Anchor Baptist Church. The biggest problem I have with someone in the world is the one that's standing on this platform right now. That's the biggest problem I have. Me. I am my biggest problem. Self is such a trap. Self will convince me that I can do, go this way and go that way, and I believe that King Agrippa was in the power of the grip of self as he said, almost, almost, almost. I don't know exactly, the Bible doesn't tell us, but possibly some things would have been going through his mind. You know, I'm the king. What's it going to be like if I bow my knee to Christ? So pride can get in the way. Another word for self. Festus was right there. Would he bow the knee in front of Festus? I don't know. Almost, thou persuadest me. So we see the trap of sin. We see the trap of self. Number three. Big number three. We see almost persuaded and the tragedy. And the tragedy. King Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Notice, and when he had thus spoken, the king rose up. Can you picture this pomp, you know? The king gets off of his throne. Paul has poured out his heart. I believe the king listened. He gets up off of his throne. And the governor and Bernice. And they sat with him. And when they were gone aside, listen, verse 31, they talked between themselves saying, This man doeth nothing worthy of death or of bonds. They recognized Paul had done nothing wrong. But here's the thing. There's that verse, verse 32. Then said Agrippa unto Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. And do you know what? We never hear of another time that there's a meeting with Agrippa. doesn't mean it never happened, but we don't have it, that there's never a time again where Agrippa is confronted with the truth and when Agrippa says yes to Jesus. We never see that. The last words that we have recorded in the Word of God are him saying almost. And can I tell you tonight that almost always leads to destruction. Almost always leads to destruction. If Agrippa had come to faith in Christ, it would have changed his life. You see, Jesus Christ 
is the life changer. Paul is in chains, and yet he's saying, I've got joy. How's that possible? That's only possible through his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I submit to you tonight that no one goes to heaven alone and no one goes to hell alone. Think about it tonight. If you are someone who says, I'm on the almost, Pastor Turner. You need to stop and think for a minute, although this is not really why you should or shouldn't, but think about it. Who's going to follow you along the decision that you might make to almost be a Christian? Almost always leads to destruction. How about quickly as we close, how about quickly some people in the Bible that were so close, but as far as we know, they never came to Christ. In fact, one of them was one of the 12 disciples. His name was Judas Iscariot. Can you not get any more almost than that? For three years following the Lord Jesus Christ, for three years witnessing with his own eyes the miracles of the... For three years from hearing the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, I say tonight, if literally, but not, not literally, but figuratively, he kissed the door of heaven but went to hell. What does Jesus say about himself in the Bible? He says, I am the door, and by me you shall enter in. So literally, Judas kissed the door to heaven. As far as we know, he's in hell tonight. Because almost, almost, always leads to destruction. The rich young ruler he was almost there. He would not believe. The thief on the cross, the other thief on the cross who heard the other thief say, hey, you know what? I deserve to die. I deserve this. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And the one thief humbled himself on the cross. The other thief was close. He was almost. But he dies without me question today is this, when King Agrippa stands before Jesus and hears his sentence, will you be with him? Now you won't stand with him and be judged with him, but I'm saying if the line, if there's a line uh, in the judgment of people that were almost saved, and, and by the way, we even read in the Bible how it speaks of, of those that say, you know, I've done so many wonderful things in thy name, and Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew. I wonder tonight, would we be there? Would we be part of the almost? Or would we be the almost and altogether? A.B. Simpson was a pastor and noted hymn writer. He was greatly moved as he read the story of Christ's crucifixion one day. He was struck by the contrast between the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, standing before a human ruler being falsely accused and threatened with death. Pilate recognized that he was innocent, yet he was unwilling to stand up to the people and reject their cries. A.B. Simpson wrote, This Jesus is standing in Pilate's hall, friendless, forsaken, betrayed by all. Hearken what meaneth the sudden call. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Neutral you cannot be. 
Someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? This is not a decision anyone else can make for us. Each of us must answer the question. There's no way to escape my personal responsibility. Either Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be, the Son of God come into the world completely human while ceasing to become God, or he is a liar. I submit to you that he is not a liar. And I wonder tonight, what will you do with Jesus? You say, Pastor Turner, I've already accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Praise the Lord. Maybe tonight you're hearing you say, I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. God's working on my heart right now. I don't want to be almost. I don't want to be this close and miss out. You know, life is so fragile, isn't it? We think we have however many years ahead of us. But honestly, no one here tonight knows when this life is going to end. Your life, my life. But I'm thankful tonight that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The message tonight is would you become a Baptist? That is not the message. That's not the message. The message tonight is not will you come back to Anchor Baptist Church we would love to have everybody back here next Sunday. That's not the message. The message is, what will you do with the door to heaven? There's examples in here that we definitely do not want to follow. And King Agrippa said, almost thou persuadest me. I'm not here to persuade anybody. I'm here to deliver a message. And I'm not a very good deliverer. I've got so many things I need to work on in my life. But the message is what important, not the messenger, the message of the glorious gospel. Now, the messenger needs to be right with God. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, I'm not perfect, but our God is. I've got things I need to work on, but Jesus is the sweetest thing I know. Tonight, he says to you, if you'll turn to me, I will in no wise, I will in no way cast you out. Let's have a word of